Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, August the 26th in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at one of the lessons for this coming 12th Sunday after Pentecost, which just so happens to be September the 1st, and the day after that is Labor Day. And that kind of reminds me, I've been at this congregation that I'm going to be preaching at, and this will be my last occasion uh, to preach for them. They've called a full-time pastor, and so beginning the second Sunday in September, I'm available to help out with congregations in preaching, doing maybe adult instruction, uh, helping out. Just let me know if you're interested at Law and Gospel at Law and Gospel. 101.com. So, without further ado, the readings are from Proverbs chapter 25, then from Luke chapter 14, and Hebrews chapter 13. And that's the one we're going to be looking at, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. So, the writer to the Hebrews begins the chapter, Let brotherly love continue. I was uh, watching a, well, was it YouTube? Yeah, I think it was YouTube, about the most dangerous prisons in the United States of America. And what I found fascinating is that at times the prisoners would be divided up into their various groupings, like the Spanish had a grouping, the whites had a grouping, the blacks had a grouping, etc. And the highest item that they expected was loyalty. And they often would talk about folks within their own grouping as their brothers. Found that really interesting because... You are to watch the back of your brothers. In Christianity, we look to have brotherly love towards anyone. There's no specific grouping. In in fact, there's not even a distinction between believers and unbelievers. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is well noted during emergencies, say large fires or weather horrible kinds of things happening, that we get our people in there to help out. And when we go to somebody's house that's partially burned down, we don't say, oh, are you Lutheran? We don't even say, are you Christian? We ask, are you in need? And we help them out. That's let brotherly love continue. The next verse, verse 2 of Hebrews 13 I used to have some fun with this. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Well, when I was pastor at St. James Lutheran in University City for 28 years, we lived on Hanley Road, and this is before the Highway I-170 had even been built. So it was... Going west, there was a long time to keep going west before you ran across another four-lane road. 
So you can imagine how many people would come to our door asking for money, etc. And I used to joke about this. I would say a stranger comes to the door and they're asking for maybe gas to put in their car so they could go to where they were going. And the joke I had was I would often try and get them to sin, either by saying something that I knew was wrong, and thereby I knew they were not an angel. Now, that was kind of a joke I did there. We did help out people who came to the door. Uh, We had a kind of a system that they filled out a form and took it to the University City Police. And if the police okayed them as someone truly in need, but so many times they'd be asking, can I have some money for my car? It ran out of gas. And, of course, the car is nowhere near my home. It was maybe a few blocks away, if not a a mile away. And you had no idea whether they were taking that money and then going to buy uh, drugs or booze or whatever they wanted. And so this was a way of protecting the church from being taken in. Uh, For example, when I was in uh, Sturgis, Michigan, there was about 12 churches there. And what we all decided is, I think it was the Methodist church, we gave them the food, the clothing, etc. And anybody who was in need was told to go to that church. And what the Methodists did is they kept track of the person. So they knew whether they had been there the week before, the day before, etc. And in that way, they were able to give to those who truly were in need. So there's all kinds of ways that this can occur. But I always found that interesting. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, who knows how many times an angel was sent by God in the form of a human being to help you out? That's quite possible because it did happen. I remember there was a man named Abraham in the Old Testament. And one day, three individuals showed up. We know from reading through the the event that two of them were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah to protect Lot. And they were angels. The third one was Jesus before he was incarnate. So we even have an example that Hebrews is talking about, that Abraham was entertaining angels at first unawares. Number three, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Now, I've often thought that I I can't understand why prisons have riots. Because I said, all you do is you put each prisoner in his own cell. And you only let him out every now and then, maybe an hour during the day. For example, I saw another YouTube video about how the Russians have prisons. There's two men in each cell. 
And when they have to leave, which is rare because their food is brought to them, they have washroom facilities in the cell, there's no reason for them to leave. But sometimes they have to maybe see an eye doctor or something like that. What happens is three guards come. They first of all handcuff them before they open the door. Then when they open the door, they make the prisoner bend over so that his head is almost where his knees are, and he walks like that, being held by two prisoners. The third prisoner is, I'm sorry, two guards. The third guard is behind him with a dog. And I tell you, nobody has ever escaped from that prison. So I was thinking, well, why don't you just put people in solitary all the time? Well, recently I was looking at another YouTube on prisons, and what they found out is people go out of their minds when they are in solitary 23 hours a day, if not the whole day. They just cannot accept it, and they become even more violent. And what they're discovering is if any of these prisoners are paroled, they have such hatred towards the world that they definitely are becoming more violent in their crimes than when they were prior before being arrested. So it's kind of interesting, no matter what you do, boy, things can get worse. So there were, there is a prison that is trying to get around that. For example, here in St. Louis, what do we have? Nine children who've been murdered, drive-by shooting, etc., just recently. And they're not sure how to stop it. Some places like uh, Boston, etc., have some programs that reduce the murder rate by half. And so St. Louis officials are being encouraged to check a look as to how they did that and see if it can be helped here. But when these people get into prison, remember Matthew 25? That one of the things the sheep were commended for were visiting those in prison. When I first became pastor at St. James, and no, I think it was when we called Pastor Peter Krawski, one of my first field workers, as co-pastor, we we had a... um, film company come in and they took photos of everybody in the congregation and we made a little book up for it. But we would always ask the family to come in about 15 minutes before their photo and I and Pastor Kurowski would go through with them those occasions when they should call a pastor. Not only when they, for example, have to go to the hospital Uh, Not only when there is maybe a fire in their house, but even if they're arrested for something. Because that's what pastors are to do. We're to go and be with our people in these circumstances. I think I had about 20 items that people are to contact the pastor to help out. So, those in prison, in fact, the one YouTube I was watching, every prisoner they talked to, they said, I do not want to come back here, and I'm really going to change my life. And the recidivism rate was much lower 
for some of these prisons than for others. It takes real wisdom to know how to incarcerate someone so they don't become worse than when they were first imprisoned. Verse 4, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Then this next part, For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Now, the sexually immoral, if you take a look at it, according to Romans chapter 1, that not only means same-sex marriage or a gay lifestyle or this kind of thing. And at times, it's really difficult to talk to those people because they not only enjoy it, but they think they were born this way. Now... I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but once more, I saw another YouTube video about women in prison. You know, they have some prisons only for women. And what was fascinating to me is that in this one prison, and they had over 600 women for all kinds of crimes, 90% of them had become lesbian because... In a prison, and you're away from men, they need to be touched by someone. They need to be loved by someone. And it shows the ridiculous notion that this kind of lifestyle is something you're born with. No. It's like every other sinful desire. And if you're in a circumstance where all you have is other women then it's not at all unusual that in many of these prisons they have this kind of lifestyle. And there were a number of women that they interviewed who said, I did not realize that I would even enjoy this, but because of the companionship it brings and this kind of thing. So this idea that people are born this way is really quite ridiculous. No, this is a choice you make. And what does God say about it? He will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. I can't think of a person I ever counseled who fit in these categories that was having a wonderful life. Things were always going wrong. And that's what God is doing, trying to bring an awareness to them not to continue in these sexually immoral and adulterous relationships. Now, even if you have done it, you can be forgiven as you repent of it, but you need to get affiliated, not just with any psychologist or psychiatrist, you need to be affiliated with a proper Christian pastor. Because only Jesus Christ can really give you contentment and comfort after such a lifestyle. So, number five. This is really an obvious one in today's society. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I can't remember the last time I went to QT because occasionally they have ice cream for only 50 cents instead of a dollar 
And at one time, they had hot dogs for a dollar instead of a dollar sixty-five. So when I drive for Uber, I was always stopping there. But then you stand in line. Hardly anybody stands in line without buying a lottery ticket. And then you go down the highway and you see $50 million is available right now. And a lot of times they have two figures. I've never figured that out, 50 million and 70 million. So what I did very early when the lottery tickets came out, I bought one because there was a pastor who told me it was a sin to buy a lottery ticket. Well, I, I don't believe that. So I bought one, and of course I didn't win anything. And I often say, well, I gave God the opportunity to make me rich so I could give more money to the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, or whatever. And he didn't, so that's it. I've never bought one since then. But talk about people whose lives are not free from love of money. Why do you think we have such a terrible addiction problem? And there's these new drugs that are putting people to death in large numbers. And, yeah, I saw that on YouTube also, where they were examining. It's what, Highway I-90 between Florida and New York that this stuff comes in on. And people are dying one after the other because they love money. They love to be free from their problems, and they don't realize that this is not the way to do it. So... Why can we be free from love of money and be content with what you have? For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, there's no doubt that many of us have lost our job. I was fired from three of them. Uh, One of them, now this is when I was younger, before I had even gone to college. But I was um, in a publishing house and we were putting together books. And one day I got fired, and I couldn't understand why, but one of the other workers told me that he did not have enough orders for these books that schools would give out at the end of the year to keep all of his workers working. So he was actually losing money. So that was one reason I got fired. Uh, Another time, I I don't know what was wrong with me, but I was looking for a job, and a roofing company was hiring people. So I applied, and I found myself on the top of a automobile manufacturing roof way, way up in the air, and I'm afraid of heights. And it was a flat roof, so it wasn't hard working on the roof, but the way I had gotten up there, I had climbed a ladder that they just leaned against the roof, and it was like three stories high, and all morning I was sweating it, thinking, how am I going to get my leg over to get on that ladder and go down? I was really worried. At lunchtime, I was walking along the roof near the edge, seeing maybe there's a door or something I can go in. And about an eighth of a mile down the building, there was an iron ladder affixed to the wall with a back to keep you from falling out of it. And boy, was I ever happy. But I didn't last long at that job at all. (laughs) So, there the Lord, verse 5, kept his promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? And what can man do to you? Well, you can be martyred. But is that man doing something to you? Do you think that when you get to heaven, all the apostles except John who was martyred, they're going to be complaining to God because they were martyred? No. They will thank God that he was with them even during their martyrdom and that heaven was their home. Why? Because the Lord is my helper. He will never leave nor forsake me. So, Getting to the people who are reading the book of Hebrews, the writer says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Yesterday they had a meal for myself since I'm leaving the congregation after being there for over a year, helping them as till they called a full-time pastor. And uh, my wife was with me, Louise, And they were just, I think, more sad that Louise was leaving than I was leaving. (laughs) Not that she came that often, but every now and then she would come. And the people, we loved them, and they really loved us. And therefore, can you imagine if, uh, say, a month from now, they hear that I divorced Louise to marry some woman I met at a bar? Do you know how terrible that would be? Now, of course, I'm not, by God's grace, ever going to do that because they're to imitate our faith. And that means they imitate the way we've been married and going on to, um, what is it, 52 years? And I don't know. There are so many pastors that are getting divorces. I will not affiliate with a pastor who's had a divorce. It doesn't matter to me whose fault it was, but the Bible's pretty clear that a pastor is able to order his family properly. If he can't do his own family, then he can't do the church. That's very clear from the scripture. And so I know people are saying, well, you're way too judgmental and it could happen to you. But I guarantee if it ever happened to me that I ended up Uh, divorcing my wife and marrying someone else, nobody would blame her. (laughs) No. And so this is really important, what Hebrews is saying here, that we need to be hospitable towards others, uh, keep the marriage vows, visit people in prison, have a life free from love of money, because the Lord is our helper. What can man do to me? And I can't remember one time somebody came in for counseling, maybe to get rid of their drug addiction, etc. And if they continue to work with me as a pastor, even the breakup of a marriage, that marriage was kept together. But a lot of times, one of the spouses refuses to come to visit with the pastor. And then I know that that's going to be a broken marriage. Because people refuse to come because they are proud of themselves and they do not want to be judged as doing wrong. And that's a shame. Because 
as it says so clearly here in the book of Hebrews, God will never leave us nor forsake us. But many people often leave God and forsake him because they cannot stand the condemnation of the law when they are doing unrepentant sin. And that's why the church has in place the teaching of excommunication. Excommunication is a loving thing to do with members who are living in unrepentant sin because it's God's way of alerting them to the fact that they will come under the judgment of God. And on that last day, as Jesus said in last week's reading, I never knew you. And they will say, but we talked about you in the streets and all this kind of thing. But their unrepentant sin separates them from the grace of God so that heaven is no longer their home. Yes, when you're born, you really don't have life. And that's what we're going to be talking about on tomorrow's Rumination Tuesday, Law and Gospel. I and Mark Smith are going to be talking about the hymn, Son of God, Eternal Savior, where it says that God is the one who brings life. What is that talking about? Till tomorrow, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.